to do that. Appreciate that. You know what's funny about that? Everybody knows it's not true. Oh, I love it. Have it. You know, the Bible says a man that has his quiver full is a happy man. Happy is the man. If you don't think it's crazy fun at our house, you just need to come and visit. Amen. All right, let's go to 1 Kings this morning. 1 Kings in the Bible. We're going to take a look at the great contest before us. And boy, is there a contest brewing right now. Can you feel it in America? You see what's happened in the, in the world? I, I could say the whole world. There's a, a big, big contest coming. And uh, it, it plays out. Well, it's nothing new. It's happened in the Bible many times. There's always a, a contest between good and evil. Uh, what I'm shocked at is today of the intense, uh, ferocious veracity of the unbelievers and how strong they are against God today. I, I'm amazed at, at anybody that would be so violently against God. But it's true. We're living in a world that has a lot of people that are just fanatical about their unbelief. And it is not something where there's just a bunch of people on the sideline. And we were talking about people in the world that are in high places of power and authority that are an, uh, antagonistic and viciously against God. Everything we stand for. Everything you believe is under attack most every day. It's just that we, we gather together because the Lord knows that we, we have him. Amen. And, I mean, we're not attacking each other today, and we're not trying to uh, ruin each other's careers today, and we're not trying to knock everybody out of power, and uh, we're not murdering and uh, stealing and all that from each other. The whole world's doing that to each other out there, though. They're killing each other. There were there, that last uh, last month. There were three suicides, uh, all from gunshots, and there was several several people that have been uh, <clears throat> lately, comparatively, in our county, uh, murders. There's been some murders going on. It is amazing, and <clears throat> so. Uh, we're living in a world that kind of mirrors what happened in the Bible days. So today, I want you to remember <clears throat> that there's a contest coming, uh, and there is a, a victory on the way as well. So praise God. How many are glad you're working for the right team? Amen. <clears throat> we, <clears throat> we've been promised a victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go now, uh, first of all. Uh, to 1 Kings 18. Let's hold our place there. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the victory that you've guaranteed to us in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the captain of our faith, the, the shepherd of our souls, the bishop of our souls. Lord, we thank you for the, the wonderful shepherd of our hearts and souls. Lord, we thank the Lord Jesus Christ today that we belong to him. And uh, Heavenly Father, we pray today that you'd bless Jesus Christ in our lives and help us to be magnifying the Lord, magnifying Christ through everything we do. Help all that we do uh, be to the glory of God. 
the glory of Jesus Christ through the Spirit of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Boy, what a God we serve. What a wonderful God we serve. He's just amazing. And he's always amazing, always will be amazing. He'll never stop being amazing. Uh, now, in this uh, 18th chapter of the book of 1 Kings, we're going to see a big contest. So in the days of Ahab and Jezebel, the worst couple that ever uh, had authority and kingship over Israel, he was the very worst. Uh, and so uh, he, he has a reputation that was second to none in his evil and his idolatry and Baal worship. And so, and by the way, he was not much of a man either. He would let Jezebel pretty much do everything. He, if he if he didn't uh, get something, remember Naboth's vineyard. He, he he wanted Naboth's vineyard full of covetous, full of full of um, uh, uh, just just uh, it, it was discontent with his vast pasture lands and his vast wealth. He just wanted that man's vineyard. And praise God for Naboth. Naboth said, no, I, the Bible, God says I can't sell this. It was part of my inheritance is not for sale. And because he didn't want to sell it, Naboth, what did he do? Or uh, Je, uh, Ahab, what did he do? He cried. He turned his head to the wall and cried like a big baby. And his wife, his wife Jezebel, boy, she was a work, wasn't she? What, what an evil woman. Uh, the, what's the matter, big boy? Uh, well, I wanted Naboth's vineyard, and he didn't give it to me. He won't sell it to me. <laughs> and she's, I'll get it for you. <laughs> like Cruella DeVille. And so she, she, she got it for him. She killed Naboth. Naboth was a righteous man, and he died. That's the kind of life. Now, you think we got it bad. How, how'd you like some, some governor, somebody coming and saying, hey, um, I like your piece of property. So? Well, I want it. Sell it to me. And it's not for sale. Oh, I'll get it. Uh, you know, I mean, we're living in the days it's not that bad as it was in these days. It, it's, it's getting there, yeah. Did I hear that? Uh, yeah, I heard that correctly, yes. All right. Now, so God raised up a prophet by the name of Elijah. Elijah was a spiritual and physical and uh, a, a, just a moral athlete. He was a great man. He had uh, a lot of weight on his shoulders. He had to fight the most wicked man and the most wicked woman in Israel at that day. And he had to give God's word to them. And so if you're wondering it's why it's hard to be a Christian today, uh, just get your chin up there and walk straight and hold your head up high because if Elijah could do it, my goodness, we can too. You know, they didn't have the Constitution back there in their days, did they? You know, they didn't have the police force, and they didn't have what we have today. They didn't have that, that wonderful uh, power of citizenship. Well, these, these people had it tough. Elijah, though, he was going to have a contest with this evil. So one thing I like about what God did, he gave... He gave Elijah power over the rain. Now, I don't know what that must have been like, but let's go to chapter. Let's go first to chapter seventeen, verse one. And Elijah the Tishbite 
who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, he's talking directly to the king, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be the dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. You know what he did? He stopped the rain. That would get his attention, don't you think? Ahab got his attention. God said, you go tell him that you have power. You're going to stop the rain. And they don't get any dew on the grass for years. And I think it was three years that Elijah stopped the rain and the dew. No water. No, no. No rain. I wish, I wish sometimes he'd come up here. But uh, he, he said, no, no rain except at my word. He says, look, look, at, look at verse 1, according to my word. God just gave him the power to stop the rain. That's, you know, when, when times are evil, you watch. God's going to give somebody the strength to take it out and take care of it. That we, we do win in the end, even though there's a falling away. Remember this, there was Obadiah. There was Elijah. There, uh, do you know who Elijah's uh, 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 protege was? Elisha. So that means he was alive during all this too. Then there was Obadiah, as I said. There was Naboth. And there was 100 true prophets held in a cave, 50 by number in each cave. So we're not alone, and Elijah wasn't alone. But the whole country, the whole, the whole land had fallen into evil. I mean evil, very evil. And I got to tell you, I don't like preaching this, but it is true. Our land is falling into evil. It is falling. If, we, if God doesn't rescue us, it's not going to be very pretty in the next four years. God has to rescue us. Our help doesn't come from man. And I'm learning, and uh, it's been years, but I knew it, but I, to experience the fact that our help doesn't come from government. <laughs> our help can't come from man. It has to come from God. Uh, and in this day, Elijah's help came from the Lord. Look at uh, chapter 18 now, verses 1 uh, through 2. It says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. So there's no rain, no dew for three years. Well, that's tough. He says, Go, show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. And Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab, and there was a sore famine in Samaria. Now, the problem with Samaria, the problem with Israel was not Elijah. The problem with our nation is not Christians. It's not fundamental Baptists. It's not the Bible. The problem with our country has nothing to do with patriotism. The problems in our country have nothing to do with righteousness. That's, that's what's going to save our country. God said we're the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savor, wherewith all shall it be salted? We're the only reason this world is still intact because we have a job to do and God is not done yet. But I promise you when he's finished, we're not going to be here anymore. We're going to be gone. So the great contest was about to happen 
And God said, now you go down and you talk to Ahab and uh, show yourself to him. So what happened was that Elijah did, in fact, uh, meet up with Ahab. And Ahab was a very, very evil, wicked king. Uh, look at verse 16 through 20 for just a minute. It says, So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Well, there, the problem was, it was he who was troubling Israel, not Elijah. Elijah said, no more rain, no more dew. No, uh, and then it's not Elijah's fault. Uh, verse 18 says, And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Baal worship was the king worship, the king religion in Israel. It was no longer the God of Israel that was the prominent religion in Israel. All the people had gone into idolatry. All the people had gone into occultism. There, by the way, there's no such thing as Baal. It's a false god. There's no such thing as Baal. Baal does not exist. It is a figment of uh, the devil's imagination, as well as Islam. There is no Allah of the Islam religion. It is false. The Quran is not the word of God. The, the religions of the world are not of God. There's, by the way, we mentioned today, you shouldn't be praying to Mary. You don't pray to her. She's got nothing to do with you. You can't communicate to her. You can't ask her anything. She's got nothing to do with your life. She's no different than any other sinner that got saved, other than the fact that her job was very special. But right now, she's in heaven. You don't pray to any saint. I don't care St. Nicholas and St. Bartholomew and St. Bernard. If you get lost in the, in, in the snow, you're supposed to pray to St. Bernard. That's crazy. You know, some great big slobbering dog would come over and give you a, a, a flask of brandy. Is that really how things work in heaven? No. You pray to God. You don't pray to the saints. You don't pray to Mary. You don't pray to Allah. There's, this, this world was, has always been a place where false prophets and false religions have flourished. My goodness, aren't you glad you got the real thing? Aren't you glad you got the real Bible, the real Jesus? Isn't this fun? I like being saved. Isn't it great to be a Christian? Isn't it wonderful just to go to church and have the truth preached? It is amazing that we get to do this. Because the place where we're living is fast becoming a place of ungodly idolatry. So the problem's not with Elijah. The problem is with Ahab. Now, uh, we're going to always be an irritation to our enemies. We're going to be always, always, always an irritation to evil people and evil leaders. Don't think that you're always going to be getting along with everybody and having a great time uh, with the world. The Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. And whosoever is a friend of the world is 
is an enemy of God. It's just not, it's not going to ever be to where we're going to have a great time with evil people. I'm never going to have a good time with uh, the evils of this world. I'm never going to give in and say, well, you know, I guess it's okay. Gay marriage is not that bad, you know. We have to tolerate. No, we don't have to tolerate nothing. Uh, we don't have to tolerate that. We, we have to allow that it's going to happen. I don't have to agree with that. You don't have to agree with all the sin in the world. You don't have to go along with it. You can stand up and say, no, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. You know what they're doing to our kids in our schools, don't you? Now, I don't like preaching this way, but it's a reality. It is absolutely real. And we got a, we got some dangerous things happening to our country. But we'll always, we'll always have had enemies of, of the Lord. We're always going to be that way until the Lord comes back. Elijah had a tough job. My goodness, he had a tough job. I'm so glad I didn't have to do what he did. He was, he was right in the face of Ahab, the king, and then his wicked wife, and, and she threatened to kill him. And my goodness, this is, this is terrible stuff, and it, it wore him out. Do you know that? If you stand strong for God, you're going to be emotionally wore out a little bit. You better ask God for strength because if you stand up for what's right, you're always going to have somebody uh, attacking you and, and telling you that, uh, you know, you're, you're wrong and you, you're going to lose friends. I may have lost a friend over the Lord. I've lost a friend over the Lord. I'm, I'm sticking with Jesus, but they must not have been real friendly then. They must not have really been my friend because if, if, if they don't like Jesus, they don't love the Lord then how in the world could they, they, they love me because I love him? Well, then they're gonna be, there's going to be a, a contest of sorts, and uh, they're going to lose one day. Now, the irritation that we, that we bring to the world is the same irritation that Ahab had toward uh, uh, Elijah. Now, the contests that are boiling over all over this world are very many, and uh, we we have it pretty good here. We we have not been sued. Our church has never been in litigation. We've never had anybody try to sue the church. We've never had anybody, uh, you know, do anything violently bad to our church. We've lost a few things around here, but as far as uh, the uh, any kind of authority uh, attacking us, we've never had that before. Uh, thank God our church is still tax exempt. We don't pay uh, state taxes or federal taxes on our property. You say, well, that not that part of the world? No, no, I don't look at it like that. I look at it like, praise God, we live in America. They allow this. It's good. I don't have any problem with it. I'm not part of the big overall beast of the world um, just because we uh, have uh, the freedom not to pay taxes. Well, one day we, we probably have to uh, go ahead and see that in too if they had their way no church in the world would ever have any benefit by the way uh, we benefit this community we benefit this place we've been with the salt of the earth we, we benefit uh, the whole county we benefit the state we benefit our country by having a church this is this is not some kind of business where we're trying to make some kind of profit this is not that has nothing to do with a profitable business end of things. This is a a non-profit uh, business type 
as as you look at it, our church is not in business uh, to to sell things and become uh, what you'd call a, uh, 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 a profitable. Um, you know, I mean, we're not going to sell stock in the church and all that. None of that stuff's going to ever happen. We're here because Jesus loves us and we love him. And uh, we want people to get saved and baptized and join the church and, and get discipled and, and go out into the community and be a good, upstanding parent and citizen. Uh, but the, uh, the, the contests that are boiling in our country right now are a lot uh, I'm not going to dwell on this, but you know what's going on the border, right? All the truckers. That's a big contest right now. And uh, I'll tell you, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea. But, man, they are having a big contest. They're threatening to arrest all those truckers now. Uh, you keep your eye on that. But that's, that's good versus evil. That's what's happening. The good is versus evil. There's a contest going on. Uh, it's not just there. It's uh, in Canada. It's, it's also in Europe. And there's a contest at our southern border right now. It's a big contest. Uh, we're having a contest. And we're, we're losing in some. I talked with Brother Gibbs the last time we were down at Preacher's Delight. And he said, you know, uh, we're winning some battles, but we're losing the overall war. And boy, you can see that in the Bible. But uh, do you realize that right now, China is drooling looking at Taiwan, waiting for a chance to take that over. It's true. Right now, Russia is looking at Ukraine, and they're drooling. They've got all the troops around. They're just waiting for the right time. And, you know, Julie and I were talking uh, yesterday. It, it, would be, it, would be, it would be probably uh, something that Putin might do to not do anything. I mean, we... We're sending our, our boys and soldiers over there by the thousands. They're not going to Ukraine. In my mind, why are we sending anybody over there? Why? Well, you're going to, you know, buff up your muscles in front of somebody? They're just going to laugh at us. We're not, I don't want any. If Jack was old enough to go to war, I don't want him going over there. I don't want any of our young people going. I don't want any of our good people going. I don't care. what. Well, there's nothing for them to do. There's just nothing for them to do. And I don't want them over there fighting Russia. Sorry. And boy, I tell you what, that's, that's, that's a powder keg over there. You, don't, you just don't know what's going to happen. But it's, it's a contest that's coming. And Iran, my goodness. They would love to take out Israel. Do you know how close they are to getting a bomb? They're really close to getting a uh, nuclear-sized bomb, and they don't have any scruples to say, well, we better not use it. No, they're, they're building that thing as fast as they can so that they can use it. Now, where did all this come from? You look back, there it is right there, another example of a contest between good and evil. It's all over. Great contests all over the world. But God gave Elijah victory. Look at uh, chapter 18, verse 19. Now, therefore, God said, send, and or he, uh, Elijah said, send, send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, 
and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, uh, which eat at Jezebel's table. So I, I guess there's 850 now, something like that. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. I am going to ask, where did all these prophets of Baal come from? What happened? What happened to the God of Israel? What happened to the synagogues? What happened to all the worship in Israel? It got completely wiped out by Baal worship. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. You know why? Because they were ashamed and under conviction. That's what our country needs right now. We need a lot of godly Bible preaching, and we need people to fall under deep conviction. When you say something and somebody doesn't say a word and they just stare at you, you know you got through. Most of the time, uh, embarrassment and conviction brings just a, a tremendous silence, deep thought, and that's what was going on. He said, if God, God be God, follow him, but if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. So what happened was this big, big contest on Mount Carmel. And I want you to know something. How long had it been where there was no rain? Three years. How much dew? No dew, no rain for three years. And so that's a long time to have it not rain. The land was at a big famine in Samaria. And so you know what Elijah did? He called all these uh, uh, prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel. And the, the contest, oh, did they ever have a contest. I love this contest um, because it shows how strong that the truth is. Uh, by the way, there's no bail. And so all the prophets, they, they took two bullocks, and Elijah took one, and the prophets of Baal took the other. And uh, I'm paraphrasing this now. He said, you guys, you guys go first. And so they called all day long to their God, and Baal never answered. Then they got, uh, they, they got so desperate after uh, Elijah said, well, you better call out, or you, 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 maybe your God's busy. Maybe he went on a journey. You, you, better, you better call louder. And boy, he was mocking them. The Bible says he was mocking them. And uh, so uh, they, they didn't like that. They, they, they both obviously... Uh, went went crazy um so what he did was he said it came to pass in verse 36 and it came to pass at the time of the offering in the evening sacrifice elijah the prophet came near and said lord god of abraham isaac and israel let it be known this day that thou art god in israel and that i am thy servant and that i have done all these things at thy word you know what elijah did he got I believe, 12 barrels of water in a time when there was no rain. He was putting everything on the line. He said, dig a trench around this, cut the offering in pieces, and fill the trench and drench the offering with water. This is very serious business here because it had not rained in three years. Water was priceless. Water was very, very priceless. Twelve barrels of it. And they emptied all the barrels and filled up the ditch all around the offering. And God showed up. 
he showed up. It says in verse 38, it says, And then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. I'd say that's a very complete sacrifice, wouldn't you? The fire of the Lord fell down and burned up the rocks, the stones. Usually when fire comes down, the stones are still there after it's all over. But look what it said. It burnt the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. And they all turned their hearts. And then, of course, the sad part about this is that all the prophets were gathered together. And Elijah took his sword and slew all the prophets of Baal. You say, that's where I jump track. That's, I think that's just, I'm against, I'm against all that punishment like that. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not really against that. You're really in your heart. You really are not against that. Because, listen, if God's for it, you got to be for it. If God says there's a hell, you got to believe there is one. If God's going to put an everlasting, a never-dying soul in an, in an everlasting punishment, and God says he's going to do that, you got to believe that. Deep down in your heart, it's terrible, isn't it? But it did happen. Elijah took and, and slew all those prophets. Uh, and that's a sad thing. It says in verse 40, And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them. And look at verse 40 now. Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. That was a hard thing God wanted Elijah to do and I'll tell you what it's not a picnic being a Christian but it's rewarding it's not the easiest thing in the world to be a righteous man but it's got its rewards it's not an easy thing to go to church all your life but it's got its rewards it's not an easy thing to pray every day and read the Bible it's not it's not altogether easy as far as human nature goes sometimes being a Christian is a hard thing Sometimes persecution comes our way. Sometimes we run into the prophets of Baal. I was told the other day that uh, I couldn't go to heaven uh, basically because I didn't have the Holy Spirit. And the reason I didn't have the Holy Spirit was because I didn't speak in tongues. And the only way you can go to heaven is if you get baptized in Jesus' name only and get the gift of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of that gift of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Therefore, if you don't speak in tongues, you have not received the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, when it comes into you, is evidenced by speaking in tongues. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you won't speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't, you're not saved. Everybody understand what kind of nonsense this is and there's people out there to believe that you know it's it's not easy all the time to know your bible and to 
uh, gently and lovingly tell the truth. And it'll take you. <laughs> you talk about running a 50-yard dash. But how many how many of you ran right now 50-yard dash as fast as you could? By the time you got over the finish line, you'd probably be breathing hard. And since it's been so long since you did it, you'd probably die. <laughs> no, no. You, you'd probably feel like you're going to die. You know, spiritually, that's exactly what happens when you wrestle with doctrine and you wrestle with the truth. Sometimes it takes it out of you. Elijah had wrestled with King Ahab, Queen Jezebel, and the prophets of Baal. And my goodness, he, he even went down to the brook and the ravens fed him and the widow at Zarephath fed him. And he was just unbelievably pressured. In fact, he went into uh, a place, uh, a clearing where there was a juniper tree. He, 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 he got underneath this juniper tree. And he said, Lord, I have had it. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course. But just it's enough. I've, I've done enough. I can't take any more. Or words to that effect. Take my life. It's okay. And he knew he was going to go to heaven. But I'll tell you what. I'm glad, I'm glad God said, no, I got something better for you. Come on, we, we're, we got more to do. And you know what? Uh, being a Christian is not just a, a piece of cake. and a, It's not like a religious Disneyland where everybody's riding a roller coaster, you know. My goodness. Sometimes being a Christian is a tough thing to do. But God's with you. God is with you. Look at uh, 2 Kings now. Chapter number 2, and we're going to finish up. Look at 2 Kings, chapter 2. So the contest was won. The prophets of Baal, they, they all were gone. Uh, chapter 2, verse 11. You know what happened in the end with uh, Elijah? I love this. What happened to Elijah? He got, he went up to heaven. He's one of the few people that were taken off the earth early. Very few people got this. It says, and it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. Unbelievable. And he threw his mantle down, his scarf or whatever his, uh, his, his covering on his shoulders, and he threw it, and Elisha took it up, and he got to see Elijah going to heaven. And now it's Elisha's turn. And he said, what would, what would you want before I go to heaven? And Elisha said, I'd like a double portion of your spirit. And he said, if you, if you see me go up, you'll get that. So Elisha watched him as he goes. He says, oh, oh, my God, the God of heaven, the horsemen and the chariots, the horsemen thereof, have got, he got to see the whole thing. And from that day forward, Elisha was the man of God. And that passes on. You know what? All we have to do is get a good vision in our mind's eye of Jesus dying on the cross the most wonderful thing in the whole wide world is the subject of salvation. The true and living God saving people and taking them to heaven. And one day, uh, I'm not sure, I don't think we're going to have chariots come to get us. 
but we're going to have Jesus come to get us. Think about this. How's your contest going? Have you lost a few? Probably a few, right? You ever lost a couple battles? But we're winning the war. And we have good examples in the Bible of how that if, he, if the Lord did that to Elijah, he's got something really good for us too. Don't look at Elijah and say, I could never, ever be a good Christian like that. Listen, God loves you just like he loved Elijah. And if Elijah said, I've had it. I can't do it anymore. I'm under the juniper tree. God, just take my life. I, hey, listen, don't, don't contemplate suicide. Don't think that way. Your life is so valuable to other people, you ought to stick around for a while. Amen. Amen. Don't be selfish and think, I'm going through it. I'm going through it. No, no, no. You haven't done anything like Elijah did, and yet God said, I'm, I'm going to sustain you. I'm going to pick you up. And praise God, in the end, the chariot, the horseman and the chariot of fire. Wow, what a story. I take great courage from this. I think God's going to do great things with us. The fire fell. The prophets of Baal were destroyed. And God picked up Elijah. So, again, Mary will not answer anybody's prayer. The Muslim God can't answer prayer. The native Indian great spirit has nothing to do. I'm, I'm not being offensive. I'm not, not being racial. But there's nothing that a totem pole can do for you. And I mean that. Uh, I'm not being unkind. There's a whole world out there. By the way, uh, I don't care what Joseph Smith ever said. Buddha's still in some grave somewhere. And by the way, American money's not not what it used to be either. Maybe that God needs to die a little bit. But I'll tell you what, I don't care what the world does. The Baal prophets, the, the cults out there, we have Jesus. And praise God for it. Let's bow our heads for prayer. So there's a contest going to come. Uh, our world right now is heading for a great contest, as you read in the book of Revelation. But we win this in the end. And I'm glad that God wants you to win every day. You might have a battle coming tomorrow. God wants you to be victorious in that. Sin might come at your door and try to tempt you. and God wants you to win that battle too. You might be under a juniper tree. God wants you to get out of that. Get that juniper tree. That, that's no place to stay. We've got other things to do than sit underneath the juniper tree. Because we, we have a ride waiting for us. We're going to be picked up one day. Taken to a land far away. The home of the soul. Praise God for your salvation. Praise God for the victory he has given to us through Christ. Lord Jesus, today we thank you for this wonderful victory you've given to us. Even our faith that has overcome the world and will indeed one day be victorious against all evil. Where Satan is put down, chained and eventually destroyed. Oh, God, thank you for that wonderful story in the Bible. Thank you for what you did with Elijah. Do it with us. 
please give us that wonderful victory in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.